Welcome back to the National Syndicated Price of Business. I am your host, Kevin Price, talking about you and your business. Always love having you on the program. General Jeffrey Schlozer, he is uh, a longtime regular, a show favorite, a personal favorite. So I get excited because I get to geek out with someone who knows a lot more about this stuff than I do, uh, that being uh, international relations, national security. I worked in that field uh, for, for quite some time in the public policy front, uh, but uh, he, I'm sure, has forgotten more than I've ever known. And uh, he's the author of a phenomenal book that I love to talk about and uh, want to always encourage people to look into. And it doesn't matter what you do. Frankly, if you're trying to be a good uh, leader in your uh, household, uh, as a mom or dad, frankly, the, the, book translates, the, the book translates well into all aspects of life. Uh, I think particularly for people in business, um, but also just in general, I, I think it's phenomenal. Uh, General, always glad to have you on the program, General Jeffrey Schlozer. And uh, real quickly, a little bit more about your book and your work and how people can get their hands on your, really your website. That would probably be the best thing to to mention. Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, the book is called A Marathon War, uh, Leadership in Combat uh, in Afghanistan. And, again, it's about leadership in chaos. It's not so much you don't have to be a soldier or you don't have to be uh, worried about war, but it's uh, leadership uh, in in chaotic chaotic situations. Website is uh, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-L-O-E-S-S-E-R.com, JoshLoster.com. It'll tell you all about the book. Also, my blog and uh, and how I uh, look at uh, my last 14 years as a business executive as I still continue to try to, uh, uh, you know, uh, do good things for America, but also do good things for our business. So over to you, Kevin. Great to have you yeah. back on the show. Glad to have you back. Yeah, uh, what a great segue into our topic today. You don't have to be worried about war, but guess what? Jeff, I am. <laughs> I, I look at the news and it's like the United States and really the whole globe is meandering into um, a global complex that are now regional, you know, and I keep on hearing the possibility of an expanded war in the Middle East, you know, but that that whole concept of expanded war seems to be happening on every single front. The times that we're living in uh, reminds me a lot of the United States from the 1920s till uh, World War II broke out in the late 1930s, and for us, 1941. Um, You know, and what's interesting is that People look back historically, and it, it's like uh, or what we hear in debates or arguments is that peace-oriented, non-war-minded uh, leadership, uh, you know, could keep us out of these things. But frankly, the vast majority of our wars entered when we had extreme isolation as a primary motive, our, our uh, policy uh, take when it came to global conflicts. World War II is a great example. The, the amount of um, action required by the Axis to get the U.S. involved happened because of the extreme isolation, I would say extreme peace-driven views of the U.S. And so um, it's a really weird time. I, I, I see on a daily basis, it feels like, crises that, Individually, are not that significant in most cases. Uh, although, what I think is going on in the Middle East and potentially in, in Taiwan, which is now Cold War, but heating up fast, uh, but but it's all over the place. Co- combined is really nothing I've seen since maybe the 
fall of non-aligned countries to communism during uh, the late 1970s, um, the consolidation of Eastern Europe under, uh, behind the Iron Curtain of Russia, you know, of the Soviet Union. Um, it, it really feels like those type of events. Yeah, you know, Kevin, it, I'm reminded of, you know, I'm going to kind of mess this metaphor up a little bit, but, you know, uh, you know, all of our listeners, you know, you when you wake up in the morning and you're not interested in, in, in conflict, but guess what? Conflict is interested in you. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, just this morning, you know, I was tracking eight different uh, conflicts around the world, and we are involved in almost all of them. You know, you're, there's Ukraine and, and Russia. We're competing. Uh, we're basically, it's a proxy war in some cases, but we're trying to confront Russia. Taiwan and China, this latest election, basically, uh, you're right, they gave the finger to China. Excuse my language for all of you that are sensitive just an old soldier here but uh we are definitely competing with china you know in a variety of different ways then there's israel gaza obviously you know israel is a key ally for us and we're supplying them with a lot of capability but that thing who knows where that's going to go west bank is an offshoot of that you know with the israelis and then you know there have been i just mentioned to kevin before that uh, there's been some 700 attacks from the hezbollah uh, from southern Lebanon into Israel. And obviously, Israel being a key ally, we're going to have to uh, be very cognizant of what's going on. But by the way, we're interested in what's going on in Lebanon. Then there's the whole Houthi thing. You know, eight months ago, most of us didn't know if the Houthis was a new band or was this a, <laughs> you know, a former terrorist group. But, uh, you know, here we are directly attacking, and they've got cruise missiles. My gosh. You know, in Yemen, who would have thought? And then you got the Iranian attack overnight into Pakistan against Jaysh al-Adil. You know, and then finally you've got the ongoing, uh, you know, thing that uh, in Syria versus uh, with Iran, you know, and and we're trying to help uh, keep ISIS out of there. So that's eight. I'm sure there's many, many more. But I tell you what, that's enough for me to worry about in, in any one morning. Yeah, yeah, not to mention, again, uh, you know, I look at what's going on in Venezuela, uh, Venezuela with uh, Guyana, and the United States yeah. has such a fragile hold on uh, getting inflation under control. Um, frankly, I think we're going to be very unhappy with the way uh, the numbers look in the next couple of months just because of all the disruption in the movement of goods uh, that's taking place due to the conflicts near the Red Sea, Right. Uh, none of that right. happens in a vacuum. It has a huge impact. And uh, I, I, to me, it looks really, really uh, very troubling. And it only grows on a regular basis. And, um, you know, and, and one party, it's very weird because uh, the, it feels like the Democrats have become the neocons of, <laughs> of the 21st century. And the Republicans are really remind me so much of the uh, window milky crowd before World War II and the, uh, uh, you know, the, the isolationist crowd before World War II. And we don't talk about, frankly, national security. People don't really talk about how trade is a national security issue. Uh, Frederick Bastiat, the great economist, a quote attributed to him, though no one can prove it, it appears, uh, but he's, it is attributed to him that he said that if goods are not crossing borders, Troops are, and, I, and that's a very profound co- uh, concept. But we generally don't attack our customers, and we stop having that kind of relationship with one another. We become a much more hostile environment, and we've got a weaponized trade policy in the United States that's now been reciprocated 
globally that looks a lot like 1929 in the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act that uh, at least the economists, I think a lot in the military space, say uh, led to uh, the conflicts that led to World War II. I know the Japanese blamed the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act for its behavior, um, you know, uh, December 7, 1941. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, what I'm concerned about right now is just as, as we get into this next year, this, which is a political year because it's an election year, you know, watching the parties as they try to understand exactly what's happening and actually talk to the American people. Normally what they say is a presidential election is all about, you know, the economy inside the United States. It doesn't deal with national security. You're going to see national security, I think, rise in some cases to the people, well, at least to the people that understand that, like you said, that trade is incredible. Just look at what we're trying to do now with uh, onshoring what used to be in China. And you're seeing supply chain disruptions, costs go up, that, in, that impacts inflation. Look what's happening inside the, the Red Sea and the Houthi thing where they're attacking uh, shipping. That's going to cost us in America and the world uh, a huge amount you know, of premiums because those ships are going to be diverted and going to go all the way around, you know, uh, uh, Africa. So those just those two conflicts alone show the the relevance of trade. And they also show this connection between are are your elected officials and those that you hope to elect? Are they connected? Do they understand what's going on inside the world? You know, are they the leaders that uh, we're going to need to lead us during this very uncertain, uh, at least one year, but I think it's going to be a period of years, and keep us out of something that is a global conflict, uh, which we, you know, which we all want, must avoid. We want to avoid. It's a, it's an interesting time there, Kevin. Yeah, and our choices are so bad. I, it goes back to a discussion you and I have had many, many times that we're so polarized, and, and either we're all in or we're all out, and there's no interest there seems to be in a third way. And so now I feel like there's a certain amount of reactionary, um, not proactive, but reactionary uh, behavior on the part of the Democrats. Uh, at least they're open to the fact that the United States has a role in the rest of the world, like it or not. And then you've got literally cold, there's no other way of describing it, hardcore isolationists. Uh, on the Republican part, part, and the only thing that drives them with an interest in Israel these days is religious fervor. It's not even national security or public policy. It's just a religious thing we're supposed to do. Very reactionary, you know. And I think a country with a thirty-two trillion dollar debt does have a responsibility to think very carefully about what conflicts it gets into. But living like ostriches and our heads in the sand, that's not a viable foreign policy at all. There has to be a third way. And frankly, there's not a whole lot of literature on that, to be honest with you, General. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's got to be another way. And uh, and you're not seeing, you know, the people that are running right now, I mean, you know, uh, in elections, at least I'm not seeing it, where they're actually describing, and this includes the current administration, they're not laying out for the American people the interconnectivity here between what is basically looks like tactical conflict and the potential to go into a larger conflict that involves hugely de detrimental uh, impacts to the economy, not only in the United States, but also to those people that we trade with, which then impacts our trade as well, which then eventually impacts our jobs at home. We've got to get some leadership in there that understands that connectivity and is willing to talk to the American people. Otherwise, what we end up doing, and this happens in past conflicts, we stumble into a situation 
where we have isolationists on one side, we have people that want to get after it, uh, you know, and play a national security role inside the world to, to stabilize, and we end up basically stumbling into conflict, and we find ourselves deeply involved in it for years to come, and it uses up our national treasure, both in money and in some cases in our uh, soldiers and sailors, Marines, and airmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We are so, uh, it feels like we're overextended. It feels like we, as you said, there is no coherent strategy. A lot of what we have uh, discussed, uh, particularly what you pointed out, shows the interconnectivity of all this, yet you never hear that from the administration. And again, the Republicans can care less. They are in a total isolationist mode with the exception of Israel. Um, it's, it's, it's scary. It really feels like amateur hour on steroids when it comes to a foreign policy. Uh, Mike, you know, in closing out here, I know we're over time, but I would say pay attention to three things. I mean, people are tired about Ukraine and Russia. You got to pay attention. If we don't confront Russia there, they will grab more. Pay attention to China. We're competing with China. Taiwan now is a, it's it's reasserted its its independence as far as uh, uh, the role in China. Watch what happens and watch what China does. And then finally, watch Iran. Uh, whether it's Hamas, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's the Houthis, Iran's pulling the, a lot of those levers there. Iran is is hard to understand uh, as an actor, uh, you know, national actor. But whatever they're doing in all those other countries I described will impact us here at home. So watch those three areas, Russia, China, Taiwan, and, and then finally Iran and what it's doing globally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very good closing there, and I'm glad you did close it because I joked about going three hours. I'd love to do that on this topic, but neither one of us can do that. The, the show clock alone won't let me. But uh, General Jeffrey Schlozer, uh retired, I, I should mention that, uh, brings so much experience, and he's speaking for himself, not for the Department of State or Defense. <laughs> Keep me out of trouble now. Thank you. Keep me out of jail. Yeah, but great conversation as always. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Kevin. Really appreciate it. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show.